The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What is up, man? It's been a, a few weeks since we've done the podcast here, so we've had a lot. I mean, obviously, the biggest news of the month, I guess you can say, is the Hall of Fame. The uh, I guess the not the induction, but the uh, the uh, what what would you call the it? The announcement. announcement. Yeah, the announcement of Vladimir Guerrero going in to the Hall of Fame, and we had to wait a day after the announcement to find out whether he was going to go in as an angel or as an expo. And we were all holding our breath, so I'm sure I know I was. And uh, he announced that he's going in wearing the Angels hat. Uh, that was big news to me. And, uh, man, I, I kind of, to use a wrestling term, I marked out, which means I kind of geeked out. And, uh, yeah, the Angels finally have a Hall of Famer. So uh, that's the biggest news. What, what, what do you think of that whole situation, Dan? Vladimir Guerrero going in as an Angel. No, I think it's great. Um as a player, I mean, he's taken his his career as not only in Montreal but Anaheim, and then the last couple of years in Texas and, and Baltimore. But as a player in whole, I'm glad he made the Hall of Fame. I think he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. Personally, I was a little surprised that he picked Anaheim over Montreal, just because if you look at the numbers, um, he had better success, long longer uh, tenure with Montreal, um, and also could have gone down as the last Expo to be in it. You know, it was kind of a win-win situation from either yeah. uh, the first Angel or the last Expo. So for him, it was like a no-lose situation. But glad the Angels finally got a representative uh, in the Hall of Fame. So uh, I think now uh, Colorado, Miami, Tampa Bay, um, Arizona, even though I think Randy Johnson might go in as, uh, as a uh, Diamondback, but that's still yet to be seen. Um, but those are the, I think those are the last teams without anyone wearing their hat in the Hall of Fame. 
and like we were talking off the mic uh let's face it uh nolan ryan should have been the first angel yeah uh wearing an angel's hat into the hall of fame uh, we all know how that went down but going back to what you were saying i, I honestly thought he was going to go in as an expo um i went and looked at the numbers and he had you know better numbers as an expo obviously spent two more seasons there the team he came up with but i think what set it apart was he came to anaheim and he won uh he was on a team over there in Mont montreal that obviously wasn't doing anything they weren't going to win anytime soon at the time and what a year or two after he left they were gone so um he came to the angels that season 2004 season was his first season as a halo he won the al mvp with like 39 home runs he had 120 something rbis about like 330 just insanely just took over the american league in his first season here and then playoff after playoffs you know ALDS ALCS um, won a bunch of silver slugger awards here in Anaheim um, he got put on the map here I think he got showcased here he got put on the map in Montreal was showcased in Anaheim uh, was able to play on on major um, on the major stage here because he got here to the playoffs right away the Angels were playing in Fenway that year you know in the playoffs so you know he it was just you know uh, it was a toss-up, and I'm just so happy he went in as an angel. I know there's a lot of guys on the uh, social media websites, on the Halo Haven page and stuff that are talking about going to uh, Cooperstown for the induction. Something I wanted to do, but I don't know if I can do it, man. Now looking at it, it's like that's a lot of money to that's spend. a lot of money. That's a lot of cash, and uh, I don't know if I can do it. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but, again, Vladimir Guerrero, man. Congratulations to him. Um, you know, uh, he was received in uh, the Dominican Republic yeah, like the parade like, and everything. Like all all five Beatles all rolled into one. Hero, heroes welcome for sure for uh, Vladimir Guerrero. Um, we received an email question and we'll just kind of jump around with the questions here since like uh, nothing's really been happening. We'll get into the free agent market, all that stuff uh, as we go here. Um, we had a question from one of our listeners and you can email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is from Mike Vigil. He actually sent this a few days ago. He said, so Vladimir Guerrero is going into the hall as a halo. I could, couldn't help but to get a little choked up. Honest answer, where does Vlad stand as an all-time greatest angel? We'd love to hear you guys' answer. You want to start off with this one, Dan? Yeah, kind of like you touched on before, uh, he is the first angel in the Hall of Fame uh, wearing the hat. But, I mean, you've had a number of guys who have spent time with the angels that are in the hall of fame whether it's like a rod carew or reggie jackson or you know so i think if you're going to look at it as an angel i look at it as the time spent on the angels not as an overall career because if you look at an overall career yeah you can say vlad was one of them reggie jackson was one of them rock yeah. was one of them but if you're just going to take into account just the time spent on the angels i think um maybe your top one or two depending on what you find uh what you want to see is a Either Salmon or Finley. Because, right. I mean, both guys um, got brought up by the Angels, started their career with the Angels. And for Salmon, he ended his career with the Angels. Didn't go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, Finley, you know, spent 14 years with the Angels. Uh, at, towards the end of his career, yeah, he jumped around from Cleveland, I think, for a little bit and stuff like that. Yeah. But I think if you're going to go just Angels where they spent time there, it's gonna I, I think it's going to be Finley or Salmon. I, to me, and, and I, I just – Tim Salmon is my favorite baseball player of all time. Um, so that's kind of, I mean, that answers it for you. But, I mean, not just that. I mean, he holds the all-time angel record for home runs of 299. I think Garrett Anderson passed him in RBIs. But a lot of the offensive numbers 
records were set by Tim Sam. Broken, set by Brian Downey, broken by Tim Sam, and Sam totally overpassed everything. And then Garrett Anderson came along. So to me, it's Tim Salmon, followed by Garrett Anderson, followed by Chuck Finley. And this is just me. And a lot of people who are older are going to say, well, what about Nolan Ryan? Nolan Ryan's fourth on my list. And this is why I, I like, when people say, who's the greatest, they ask me, who's the greatest center fielder of all time? Honestly, I can't say that it's Willie Mays because I didn't see Willie Mays play. Right. I can go and look at numbers and I can say, yeah, it was Willie Mays. But if you're going to ask me, I'm going to say Ken Griffey Jr., Right? I mean, it's, that's, a, it's a generational thing at that yeah. point. Yeah. So to me, it's Tim Salmon, Garrett Anderson, Chuck Finley, and then I'm going to go look at numbers. Then it'll be uh, Nolan Ryan on the all time greatest Angels list. And then Brian Downey would be number five for me. And, and we kind of talked about this before we started recording the, the podcast. And then Trout, I mean, if he retires tomorrow, he's probably in that top three right there, just yeah. what he's done so far. Right. And uh, you look up on a baseball reference, and for each team, they have like the top 24 players by war. Right. So, you know, people feel differently about war, but I mean, you have already. Uh, Trout number one on that list, followed mm-hmm. by um, uh, Chuck Finley, and then you got uh, for Go- Jim Fergosi, and then you got then you got Salmon. So I mean, it, it's they have a list put out there for people, but yeah, um, yeah uh, Trout is going to be the at the, end, the top of that list anyway by the time he's all done. But yeah. I think if you had to ask me, I would probably say I would probably say Salmon, 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 just because. He won. Mr. Angel. He's Mr. Angel. He was on the uh, the O2 team that won it all. Yeah. There's always that iconic photo of him holding up the trophy, running around the you know the outer part of the field. Yeah. So if you're gonna go by the Angel time spent with the Angel, I think without a doubt you have to go with a Salmon on that one. I, to, he's my favorite player. I wore 15 for a reason every year in little league and in high school and even in college. I, number 15 was my number for a reason. And so you know Tim Salmon obviously. Uh, to me, the all-time greatest angel. And you were talking about Mike Trout. I didn't mention Mike Trout because he's not done playing. Right. I don't want a, a current player yet. Um, but I was telling you guys off the mic, too, I looked at the numbers for Mike Trout, and he's, like, if he averages 30 home runs and, like, 95 RBIs, he passes, a, he breaks a all-time angel home run record. He passes a RBI record, and I think total bases record. So that already... Anyway's going to be, like, 30. He's, gonna, he's <laughs> not even going to be 30 yet. Yes. I think he'll be, like, 28 when the record... You know, yeah, so... so. Uh, no doubt, if he were to retire today or in a few years, he would go down probably as the greatest angel of all right. time. Right, and that that's not even a question at that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so those are, it's ridiculous. So it's, you know, like you said, it's a generational thing. I'm sure if we ask people out there who their all-time favorite angel is or who 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 on that list is, you know, that we're going to get different answers. Like, you mentioned somebody that I they totally passed him on, Jim Fergosi. Like, right, again, but it comes down to that generational part mm-hmm. where, you know, Fergosi, of course, because he has his number retired with the Angels, but, I mean, if you look at his, his last time he played with the Angels was in, you know, 1971, and I I, I don't, I wasn't around then, so, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's kind of hard to think, like, oh, yeah, that guy, but, um, you know, he was in L.A., he was an L.A. Angel, Yeah. Know? I mean, before this L.A. Angels. But, yeah, he's definitely one that you can look at and say he was one of the best, but kind of what you were saying. It's a generational thing. I've never seen him play. You know, I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you can see him play that way. But um, if you're going modern generation, you know, you have your Salmons, your 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 Chuck Finleys, your Garrett Andersons, your, even your Jared Weavers. Yeah. Just because yeah. the longevity yeah. part of it, too. Yeah. Um, but I have no problem with any of those guys if you want to think Angels in the recent Right. Time. Okay, let's, let's quickly touch on something that we, we didn't really talk We talked about this when Vladimir, you and I, on a text. Chris was in China. He was Chris, in- Yeah, Chris was big-timing us. He was in China having the time of his life, climbing walls and petting pandas. Yeah. But uh, we, we, uh, we, you told me, hey, what do the Angels do with number 27? I said, retire both numbers. Shoot, the Yankees did it. Do the Angels retire Vladimir Guerrero's number 27? 
Yeah. Oh, about. yeah. And then, and I didn't realize it. And then you brought it up. Oh, well, the Yankees did it with number eight. Yeah. I was like, and then it clicked. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. So I don't see why not. I don't see why not they don't do 27. They retire, have a ceremony with them, retire 27. When Trout's done, obviously that's going up in 27. Yeah. Um, and then you're done. Yeah. You're, you're done after that. That's no big yeah. deal. I mean, I'm sure when Trout asked to be number 27, they were thinking, okay, you know, whatever, go ahead. They didn't realize what yeah. he was going to turn into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see how they can. But, um, yeah, retire both of them. I have yeah. no problem with that. Now, if Trout wants to be a guy that's like, you know what, that's cool. I, I can change my number, blah, blah, blah. And then you let him, but you know, by no means do you go up to Trout and say, hey, dude. Yeah, you, you got to change your Yeah, you're not going to pull the jersey off his back. Like, And, and you know, that, that plays on the Angels' favor if he changes his number because that just. Pull a Kobe. Yeah, pull a Kobe, man. So and that way, that way, even when he when he ends his career, they can break down the numbers when he was twenty seven and I don't know whatever twenty three. I think he was in high school. But right? ask you, yeah, yeah. So um, how quickly do they do it? You think that Angels retire number twenty seven this year? I think they do or, it this year. Yeah, I, I mean, right. I mean, this Hall year, this year yeah. means that they're going to have a bobblehead yeah. forum that came out. Yeah. So I don't see why you wouldn't do it on a bobblehead night. Um, it, it makes sense. You want to. You know, capture what's going on now. Right you don't now. want you don't want yeah. to put it off for like another year, two years, and then people are like, "Oh, that's right, he went to the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago." You kind of want to take advantage of what it is right now. And yeah. I don't see why not when they have the bobblehead, them not using uh, that opportunity to retire his number. And, and Vlad deserves it, man. Like, just give him all the attention he deserves because the guy came over to the Angels and stayed humble, played his heart out. I, I, there was a few years towards the end where he was hurting and he played through all the injuries, so to retire that number. And just show him that the Angels really do love the guy and the Angels. Right. They truly do. I mean, he came over here for a Not reason. only him, but, you know, the fans and, yeah. and everyone associated with that time period. Let us thank him for wearing that Angels hat into the Hall of Fame, you know? All right, so we got more emails. And, you know, it's been since, I think, our last upload. We uploaded um, we uploaded the Tom Duino podcast uh, two days after we downloaded the regular podcast. So we have, we have uh, uh, emails regarding the Tom Duino podcast, but we also had other emails that came in. You know, in that month. So this one came from Duncan Healy. Uh, he said, "Love the show. Heading into the 2018, I'm looking for the Angels for sure to improve. The offense should be better, and like you guys said, to have Upton in the lineup all season long should definitely give us an instant instant upgrade." Now, here's a question that we were talking about: Who do you guys see going into spring training, finishing the season with the most wins in the Angels rotation? So. The first thing to answer, okay, there's a few things we need to talk about first. Are the Angels going to implement the six-man rotation? And which six out of the eight are the Angels going to start in that rotation? Right. So you have you have them written down here. Yeah, I have the, the eight pitchers who theoretically could be up for a starting spot. So, um, you know, you have your Bridwell, Haney, JC, Richards, Shoemaker, uh, Skaggs, Tropiano, and then, of course, Otani. Um those are eight arms right now, and by all accounts, they're all healthy. All of them kind of had to come back from something, whether a Shoemaker or Tropiano had Tommy John uh, two years ago. Otani had the minor tear in his arm, or, yeah, his elbow. Um, Haney's kind of working back. JC's working back. Um, but as of right now, all accounts show that they're all healthy and, and ready to um, hit full uh, spring training full speed. So... Um, I think you kind of said it. Oh, it would be Richards, right? And and every, if everyone stays healthy and everyone you know makes their starts the way they're supposed to, yeah, I don't see why not. Best stuff wise, but then again, you have to look at Richards. His uh, dependability over the last couple of years hasn't been great. Yeah. So now you have to worry about okay, who is more dependable? Uh, who's probably gonna make more starts? Um, if you had to ask me, 
Um, I would say just because I would say Shoemaker, just because yeah, he had a little something at the end of last year, and the year before that he was out because the ball hit him in the head. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, like at a certain point, like you can't put hold that against him because right. that's kind of one of those fluke things. But other than that, I would say Shoemaker. If I had to put money on it, I would think if everyone stays healthy, Richards, of course. But if you're gonna take into account probability of injury, probability of this or that, I would say um, I would feel safest putting money on Shoemaker. But again, injuries are weird, and it, it can happen to anybody. Right. And look, like you said, and, and I told you, I said if, if you're looking at it, just who's the best pitcher, who's got the best stuff in the rotation, and who should just by looking at the paper, who should finish with most most wins. I'm going to say Garrett Richards, but i got to take into account that Garrett Richards hasn't really stayed healthy. He's always kind of been that fragile little, you know, we got to be careful with this guy. So um, the guy that I like, and, and I'm not going to say Otani because I haven't seen the guy throw a ball yet. Right, and okay? yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say Trope because he's been gone for about two years almost. So that leaves me like Shoemaker, Skaggs, okay, Heaney, Bridwell, JC, and okay, JC and Bridwell, out of those two, I love Bridwell better the most. I think the guy's got poise on the mound. He, he showed us what he can do. He finished 10 and 4 last year, finished behind 10. JC with wins. Now, 10 and 3. Yeah. So now, the problem with Bridwell and JC is they had never pitched that many innings until last year. JC went down towards the end. Parker kind of came up towards the middle of the season, you know, finished off okay. Now we're going to head into a season where. Bridwell is look to throw more innings. You know, of course, if they go with the six man rotation, it won't It'll be help as much. It'll help, yeah. It's gonna help, but at the same time, can he sustain it for sustain his consistency for a year? We've only seen him for what, a, maybe half a season. Yeah, 121 innings last year. Yeah. so not a huge sample size. So it's like okay, so that I'm gonna eliminate JC and uh, Parker Bridwell from that list. So now it leaves me with Skanks and Shoemaker. And if you had to. Like you said, I'm going to agree with you. I have to go with Shoemaker. The guy won 16 games not that long ago. Um, he's been in double-digit wins more than a few times in the in his career. Um, the guy's got the stuff to, to be a, a decent uh, starter. He's not a number one. No. Just because you're not a number one doesn't mean you're not going to finish the season with the most wins in the rotation. So I agree with you, dude, that if you eliminate everybody else because of injury and, you know. Um, coming off of something. Coming off of something or how young they are. Shoemaker's a guy that I kind of look at and say, that guy could be the workhorse, that guy that, that could stay in a game, throw you six innings, and maybe get the win. You know what I mean? So I have to say, I'll have to agree with you. If it's not Richards, it's, it's Matt Shoemaker. Right. I, I, and I think, again, um, MLB.com has it already broken down as them having a six-man rotation. Again, with everyone coming off of injuries or, or Otani doing a double low, also people are planning him to hit DH. So the six-man rotation makes sense. I mean, I see all positive. I don't really see a real negative outside of, you know, oh, it messes my normal my normal uh, uh, schedule up for a pitcher. But I think after a while, you can probably get used to doing a six-man deal. But uh, MLB.com has Richards 1, Otani 2, Haney 3, um, Skaggs 4, Shoemaker 5, and then Bridwell, Ramirez, and Tropiano working for that sixth spot. And again, if, if that's what you're rolling out, at the end of or the beginning of this year, I think the Angels are going to be put in a situation where they have a really good chance to make a serious run at a uh, wild card and definitely uh, a making better run at at the, at the division and definitely a good one at the wild card because those are really good pitchers where 
And if you can stay healthy, and Otani being the big question mark he is, not sure what you're going to get against MLB uh, hitters. But if you do, if you roll these guys out and they they stay healthy for most of the year, you know, and even if one of them goes down, you still have you know a Tropiano that can come off the bench or Bridwell that can come up. Um, I, I think it has the Angels in a really good situation where they don't really need to worry about any of the outside pitching. Uh, free agents, they can go with what they have. Yeah, yeah. Injuries happen. You can make an adjustment then. But as of right now, you don't have to overpay for any kind of uh, no. free agent. No, it's going to be interesting to see this six-man rotation. Um, it, it 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 benefits the Angels because of the injuries that we had last year, like you said. So, but yeah, it's 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 going to be it's going to be kind of weird to see how it works out. And in the Otani thing, again, uh, we'll cross our fingers. I mean, well, I mean, just to, to to label these guys one, two, three, four, five, six. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really like putting them as you know your number one, number two, especially the Angels. I mean, we don't have that main guy, not yet. Max Scherzer, you know what I mean? We don't yeah. have that Clayton Kershaw. So any of these guys can at the end of the year be the number one or number two. So to make it answer that question in a shorter answer, anyone can be the number one. All right, we have a couple more emails. We have quite a few. Um, we'll answer the Duino questions in a bit. Uh, this one's from Jason Kemp. Hey there, guys. Listen. Oh, we'll get to that one. With the Angels upgrading the stadium scoreboards and adding the netting, what other things can the Angels do to improve Angel Stadium? What do you think can be a cool added feature? That was a cool little question. And I think we talked about this in a previous podcast before. If you guys remember, I don't know if you remember Dan. Yeah. We talked about maybe adding bleacher or adding uh behind the rocks some kind of viewpoint from behind the rocks like risers almost yeah the, yeah because behind the rocks if you're standing out there you can't see the game and that'd be a cool little concept to maybe elevate a little bit up there so that maybe if you sit on a bench or there's like a picnic seating up there where people can sit and watch a game from up there i think that would be cool um but the scoreboards look pretty cool from what i've seen on pictures i guess they had a Monster Jam there, and they got used there. Yeah, they, well, they only have right now. Um, we went to the Moving Day this last weekend, and they only still only have the um, left field uh, scoreboard up. They're still working on the right field because the right field is going to be big one, right? Yeah, that's going to be the huge one. But the left field one, um, from all the videos I've seen and people that went to motocross and 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 the Monster Jam, they they are they saying they're awesome. They're great. They're super bright. So. Um, you know the the scoreboards the and I think they're also doing the the um, I don't know I think they're called like the ribbons around the stadium at the levels you know what I mean oh yeah 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 so yeah. they're redoing that as well um, so those kind of upgrades are good and especially for what was it, a couple of years ago the whole rumor about them moving and them looking at sides yeah. and now yeah. that you see them investing money into a scoreboard or into other features like that um, I think is a great sign for the Angels and Angel Stadium. I just hope, you know, if I were to add something new to the stadium, I would think it would probably be more towards um, stuff on the outside. Like the hats coming in through the main entrance is great, but maybe more things around the outside to take photos with or, you know, kind of like they do at Dodger Stadium where they have all those like uh, the big bobbleheads or whatever, like stuff outside for more photos or you know, stuff like that, not just what they have, the big hats in front of a home plate. Yeah, that kind of takes away from that whole rumor. But it's cool. I mean, they just could add a few things here and there to kind of improve the stadium. Like, you know, uh, I don't know if they can add more seating. Just maybe add different little features here and there. I think there's some some bareness. I mean, like, I'm looking at the wall here at our studio here at Halo Haven. And it's 
I think it's Angel Stadium circa 2005. And they've already improved center field. They used to be just a green, uh, just a green. For the batter's eye. Yeah, it was just a green freaking plastic. I don't know what it was. Now there's grass out there. And they added plants and made it look nicer. So they've already improved in that section. I think just like I said, maybe just add different viewpoints to the stadium. Um, maybe standing room only section where, you know, maybe behind the rocks was elevated. And you can see there are a few things here and there um, that... Angel Stadium in a whole, it's, it's a real nice little, not want to say little, but it's just real cozy. Right. It's not and, overly done to where yeah. you feel like you're separated from the, yeah. the action. Um, yeah. I mean, I like it. The, the video upgrade, the video board upgrades are definitely what I think was needed the most. Uh, you still have, I think one of my favorite features of the stadium in general is just the, the double bullpens in left field. I, I really like how you have both teams right there. Yeah. Um, they're not hidden away underneath. Like I know when the Cubs put their new bullpens, they're kind of underneath the stadium. Yeah, so you yeah, can't, yeah. You don't really see. Can't see them anymore. Yeah. So I, Angel Stadium, I, I'm glad that there's no more rumors about moving or doing this or doing that. Right. I think they're in a great spot. Easy to get in. Easy to get out. Um, but yeah, I think. You know, maybe some kind of stuff, fan stuff for the outside. Yeah. It probably would be great. But as far as once you're in your seat sitting down and stuff like that, I don't see what else visually I, you would need or want. One thing for me, and like you said, things on the outside, maybe a – I don't know if you remember this, Chris. Uh, Anaheim Stadium back in the day had a Angels Hall of Fame that you can actually walk into. I don't know if you remember that. But they had an actual Angels Hall of Fame that you can walk into. Now – those busts are in one of the team stores. Or I think. Yeah. Um, I think they should make a Hall of Fame somewhere on the outside gates. Maybe not on the outside, but you know, once you come in on the side, maybe third base, first base side, make a little building with the memorabilia, Angels memorabilia there. You know, something they fans can walk through, take pictures with. Right. Um, especially now that we got Vladimir Guerrero going into the Hall of Fame. You know, Angels have developed the history here. We've had some great players come through here. Like you had mentioned, a lot of Hall of Famers who didn't go in wearing an Angel hat, but we're Hall of Famers nonetheless to so walk through Angel Stadium, play through Angel Stadium. And it'll be a cool little thing for fans to be able to walk through and see the memorabilia from, you know, the history of the Yeah, Eagles. like something that I like personally because, you know, before they made the whole renovation after the Rams and everything like that. But you can still go back and older photos. Like I'm looking at older photos right now <clears throat> of when it first opened. And you can still see a lot of the same kind of um, lines like how the the seat uh, the um, behind hole plate how the the stands are and stuff like that and I think that's cool that yeah it, it's it's getting better but you can still kind of look back and see how yeah. it was back in the day and it's not a huge difference not, yeah. it's, it's not a new stadium it's not like a brand new stadium where yeah. you lose all the history to it you still have some of that history and how it was built yeah. and, and, and everything like that and, so. and, and to a lot of people it means a lot you know to me it does for sure so, all right, uh, right now we're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with more uh, uh, email questions sent to allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, 
receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hey fellow fit nerds, this is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life. I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram, it's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon. And we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, my email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is the cert uh, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. We are back. Thank you guys for listening to our sponsors here of the All Angels Podcast. Without them, we wouldn't have uh, uh, an RSS feed to go on to Apple Podcasts, where you can listen to the All Angels Podcast on the Apple Podcast. And you can also listen to the All Angels Podcast on Google Play. This is the People's Podcast, the Angels People's Podcast. So, all right, we're going to get into, uh, we had, like we said, a special show uh, right after our regular show, two days later, we had actually pre-recorded this uh, show. Well, what had happened was Tom Duino, super fan of the Angels, super memorabilia collector, the guy, the go-to guy for uh, all Angels memorabilia questions, uh, at least one of the guys. But this is a guy that, that, that I mean, this guy had a full-length, uh, I don't want to say ad, but like a feature on a book. That was sold in the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Tom Duino. Anyway, we wanted to have him on our show, maybe do a segment on our show. He came over to uh, Halo Haven. I, Myself, Chris Security Johnson, Tom Duino spent the whole day. We spent like eight hours just hanging out, talking Angels baseball, going over memorabilia, um, and actually doing an interview with Tom. So we decided that we were just going to go ahead and make it its own special show because we had maybe an hour's interview in the book and we didn't want to leave anything out. We could have stayed here another two, three hours interviewing Tom Duino. And, uh, but we got a lot of cool feedback, a lot of good feedback from a lot of people uh, that listened to the show. So we're gonna get into it. Uh, we're gonna actually, in our podcast before that, we wanted to do a giveaway. And we did, we had two Mike, we had one Mike Trout bobblehead. We decided to make it two because we had a lot of people answer the trivia question um so this is for two mike trout bobbleheads and um so you guys had a chance to answer the question had to listen to the tom duino podcast the question was what one item that tom duino does not have is his holy grail that he wants he needs to have in his collection the guy that has everything you could think of what's the one thing that he wants and so we had a few people answer 
Uh, we'll get to the winners here soon. I do want to answer the questions that they had or, or the feedback that they had about the Tom Duino podcast. Um, we had David Soto uh, emailed, said, uh, keep up the great work and thanks for doing the podcast. Here's to a great 2008 season. He also loved the uh, Tom Duino podcast. We had Rob Lastings. He said, hey, great interview podcast. Tom sure does know his stuff. The story about that Nolan Ryan bat is insane. Sometimes I guess when you're in the memorabilia game, you have to get lucky. I heard that and I was mind blown. Only six bats made and he found one. Holy crap. That was an awesome story, uh, how he fell into that uh, Nolan Ryan bat. Uh, six made and dude has one. What are the odds of that, you know? Um, Let's see. Oh, there's a question here they've got left out, and we'll get to it soon. Uh, we have a few more here. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Should have had these ready. Anyway, let's get the winners going. <laughs> um, we'll name the people who actually answer the questions, and then the winners. Bonnie Poupon answered the question correctly. David Soto, Rob Lastines, uh, James DeGiulio. Thank you for... Um, you answered the question correctly too. Um, Edward Viscaino and Duncan Healy. The winners of the actual bobblehead are uh, David Soto is the winner. David, you are the winner, number one. And Rob Lassings, your winner, number two. Everyone else, thank you guys for participating, listening to the Dom Duino podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, David and Rob, go ahead and email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your information, your name, and where you want the bobblehead shipped to. If you want to meet us somewhere, we're in the Riverside area. Season's about to start. If you want to wait till the season starts and want to meet up at Angel Stadium, let us know so that we can get the bobbleheads out towards you guys. And uh, c congratulations, you know. Um, we want to do something cool for you guys, uh, you know, a little incentive for listening to the podcast. Um, here's a question actually from James DiGiulio. He said, I'll, uh, uh, okay, he knows uh, Tom. Yeah, he knows Tom. He knows Tom. He's from Riverside. Okay, he's... All right. He said, I wanted to mention that before I even officially met Tom, he seen and picked up an item for me because he knew it fit my collection. A game-used Andleton Simmons bat with a special Jackie Robinson Day tape that he had used to hit his only opposite field home run of his career. Oh, wow. So in a not nutshell, not only is he... In, on the lookout for what he needs, he's caring enough to pick up items uh, he knows others would want. Not even add anything for his troubles. I cannot say any. And I can't say. Uh, I cannot say enough good things about him. I'm so thankful to hear more about his collection. Yeah, Tom's a cool guy. Uh, I had actually just met him that day that we did the podcast, and we hit it off quickly. He got my number. He got in contact with me. He knew that I was looking for Steve Bilko stuff. And he immediately hit me up, found some Steve Bilko pictures. He said he's going to get them to me. I wasn't expecting him to get me anything. I Like, if he gets it to me, that's great. That's awesome. But I know he's added to Halo Haven. I know he's given Chris some items. Um, he gave me some things here when I was here that day that he, you know, he brought over. So I can't, I can't say enough good things about Tom Tom. I met him that one day, and we've kind of kept in contact since. And he's a cool guy, and we'd love to have him back on the podcast eventually one day. Um, but thank you guys for sending all the emails and answering the trivia question. 
I'm sorry that we couldn't get everybody a bobblehead. If we could, we would, <laughs> but then there wouldn't really be a contest, right? So, all right, let's get going. Um, let's talk about the poll question that we had. Yeah, uh, the poll question this week was about, and you kind of touched on it uh, earlier with the, with the email and the guy saying about the netting behind the um, yeah. backstop, the uh, being extended to the dugout. So for people that don't know, the Angels have um, agreed to the, it wasn't mandated, but it was highly recommended by MLB to extend the, the netting from where it presently is, right in the backstop to past the, or not past the dugout, but right at the end of the dugout. So um, the question was, you know, are you in favor of it or a good, uh, good idea, yes or no? And uh, 84% said yes, 16% said no. I personally said, yeah, it's a great idea. I don't see why not. It doesn't doesn't matter. Um, you know, there's a lot of feedback as far as why they don't think it should. Um, but from personal experience, um, I sat a lot a lot of times behind the net, and people that don't know the 66ers down here uh, in San Bernardino, the single-A affiliate of the Angels, had already extended that net uh, at the beginning of last baseball season. And so where my seats were, um, we're right behind the dugout, and so I experienced the whole season with that net. And yeah, maybe like the first couple times we went for the first inning or two, it kind of was kind of bothered. But you know, after the first couple of games, first couple of innings of the games, you you don't even realize it's there. It's kind of one of those things where you rather have it than not have it. Um, I understand some people saying, "Oh, well, just pay attention, or just do this, or just do that." I'm all, dude, the ball's coming out 110 miles an hour, and if you can have reflexes that quick to where you can snag it out of the air, then good for you. But, you know, let's think about it realistically, how many people are going to – whether or not you're paying attention or not, I think is irrelevant. Um, you know, and then people always want to take it overboard and, like, well, why don't they extend it all, all the way around the whole stadium to the outfield? I'm like, yeah, because when the ball's traveling 110 miles an hour at, you know, for 90 feet, it's the same thing as when it's traveling over 400 feet and you can see where it's coming. Um, to me, people like that are just being dumb. Um, but I, yeah, I said I said it's fine. I don't see why not. I think that's as far as it's going to go. I can't see it going to the foul uh, foul pole. No, I, to me, it's it's whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's a safety thing. I get it, but it, it's not going to make or break me buying seats there or not. I mean, I don't sit that close anyway. Right. Regardless, yeah. <laughs> half, the people that, half the people that are complaining about it are probably not have yeah. never sat there or probably I'm maybe not. sat there once in their lifetime. Yeah, I'm not going to ever sit there, so it doesn't bother me. But, I mean, like you said, it probably takes some getting used to. I mean, you are looking through a net. But you got to look at it as a safety thing. I mean, it really, I mean, it was a matter of time before something like this happened. You can't, you can't stop the progress of things that happen, you know. When baseball first started, they freaking filled it with no gloves on. Uh, we, the batting helmet came around in the late 60s. Bunch of pansies. Yeah, you know. So now, eventually, netting, whatever. It is what it is. To me, it's no big deal. I'm not like I said. It's not a, a deal breaker for me. I don't think it'll like. I don't think it'll eventually. They'll start netting off the whole stadium. I think that's a little overboard. But um, to me, it's 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 really a non-issue as far as like, am I gonna buy seats there or not? Because more than likely, I'm never gonna buy seats there. You know, unless they're given to me. So and, you know, and people are saying the interaction with the players and again uh-huh. I don't know I don't know how else to say it but you know going to six or games and having that net there already that never held back the players from tossing the ball to a kid or, yeah. or like that they'll find a way there, there's always a way around it like you toss the ball okay fine toss it straight to him now you gotta toss it up and over I yeah. mean it's not like it's a big you know big bubble where you can't get anything out 
to me, it just seems like people are complaining about nothing. It's like, I don't know if you've never sat behind a net. The most expensive seats in Angel Stadium are the Diamond Club. Guess what? They're There's behind a net. A net. A net and they've there. been behind a net forever. So obviously it's not hurting their bottom line because people yeah. are still sitting there. Yeah. Um, the fact that people don't want a net there and they seem to find any little thing to, to complain about, it's just, it, to me it gets annoying. It's just because someone changes what you're used to. Someone moves your dinner plate three feet over. doesn't mean you can't adapt to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, to me it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So the poll question that you sent out was, what, what was it? Do you agree yeah, with it? Yeah, do you agree with it? Yeah. And obviously, you know, 84% said, yeah, they do agree with it. And, and, and I mean, 16% wow. said no. But That's got to be the biggest margin of victory for... Yeah, and it's definitely one right? of them, yeah. Um, but again, it, to me, it, it, it uh, everyone's reason why there shouldn't be doesn't seem... Get your kid off the phone. Get your kid stay off the phone. I'm like, again, I pay attention to the whole game. And I, and I don't... If the ball's coming to me that quick... You know, unless my hands are like in the ready position, there's no way I'm, I'm grabbing that ball out of the air or, or ducking or whatever. If a guy's in front of me and he ducks, does that mean I see the ball? It, to me, it just it doesn't make sense why not to do it. Yeah, there's, I mean, I don't see a reason why not to do it. Yeah, I mean, if you can save someone from getting hit in the face, then yeah, I mean, well, because you had that incident. Say no. You had that incident last no. year, and I believe it was in New York. Yeah, where yeah, a, it was New York. A, I think a kid got hit with a ball or a bat. And, and if you watch the highlights of that game, it changed the whole mood of the game. Right. The players weren't really into it after that. They were always they were concerned. There was a big delay of the, on the field. Yeah. You know, and talking to the players afterwards, um, that's all they were thinking about. Now they have to go on and thinking about, you know, this swing. If I foul it, who's it going to hurt? You know, and then not only is it for the fans, but probably for the players' peace of mind also that if I foul this ball off hard to my left or to my right, I don't have to worry about it taking someone's head off. You know, again, I just don't see anything that's against it or why you would be against it yeah it's not obstructing your view maybe just a little bit but it's not like you can't see what the hell's happening um i could understand if they built a wall that you had to kind of look around or over you know it, it's it's a freaking net you'll be you'll get used to it it'll be okay i can't imagine someone saying no don't put it up it's stupid i, I don't i don't understand that frame of thought so yeah i, I don't i don't get it either it's it's pretty I don't know. I'm dark, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Pay attention. It's it says it clearly in the sign. Watch for batted balls and bats. Uh, funny story. My my one of my cousins, not a big baseball fan at all, uh, went to an Angels game in like they like '91, and he's a, much older than me. He's like 20 years older than me, and he knows I'm a big Angel fan. He tells me this story every time he sees me. He goes, "Man, I got to see my only Angel game I ever went to. I went and I sat right behind the dugout." The Angels dug out. Or no, the first, the opposite team's dug out. And Wally Joyner was batting. And he let go of the bat. And the bat flew and it hit me in the head. And he got taken to the hospital or whatever. <laughs> and he goes, I got to keep the, the Wally Joyner bat. You know? So he always remembers that. But he goes, but if, if I think about it, if I would have been sitting where the net was, it wouldn't have hit me. I'd have been okay not getting the bat and not getting right, and stitches in my head. So there you go. Yeah, my so cousin, if there was a net there, my cousin would have been okay. Yeah, I was saying it's, yeah, okay, maybe there's one bat out of the year that doesn't go in the stands. Okay, big deal. <laughs> yeah. All right, it probably wasn't going to go to you anyways, just like a foul ball. Like, I've never seen some people go so crazy for a foul ball where it's like, if you want one so bad, just go down to the team store and buy one. It's cool, man. Or go down to uh, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods and buy a ball if you want them that bad. I mean, to me, it, it yeah, it's cool to get a foul ball, but when it comes as a safety precaution, like, I don't see how people aren't aren't with that or, or against it. 
Yeah, that's crazy. All right, so uh, here's another question, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this since there's not much going on, and we'll, we'll finish up after this. Uh, this was sent from Dave, David Soto. This is a, uh, the guy who actually won one of our bobbleheads. What's up, guys? There are plenty of free agents available, and it looks like there will be for some time. Do you guys really think those players like Hosmer and Darvish will hold out a whole season, or will they join a team before spring training ends? In my honest opinion, I'll answer this one first, Daniel. I think they just sign a one-year contract and play for eight to ten million for that one year, and I just don't see them not getting picked up by at least somebody on a one-year deal. Um, it's happened before where a guy signs a one-year contract and then pl plays that season, and then makes next the next year he plays for an even better contract. Um, I don't see the Angels going out and getting one of these guys at all because there's no reason to do that. I think if a guy falls in our lap for one season for a good five, six million dollars, sure, go ahead and get him. But as far as them sitting out a season, I don't see that happening. These guys are too good to sit out a whole season not playing ball. And I don't think and I think they're too good for a team not to go ahead and say, okay, we'll spend eight million dollars on you for one season, ten million dollars on you for one season. Josh Donaldson signed a one year deal, right? Right. So I don't see why I just don't see them sitting out. Right. And and just to get clear, like it's not like these guys aren't um, being offered a contract, there's not the contract they want, and they have every right to hold out until they get a contract they want. But it's not their birthright to be like, you know, get that six-year deal, seven-year deal that they want. I think a lot of teams now are becoming smarter because there's been a lot of contracts in the past, and Pujols being one of them, that it, it hurts a team when you backload a, a contract with so much money that now your 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 hands are tied the new cba makes even now more more penalties that go over the luxury tax threshold and the players signed off on that so yeah. that's on them um the hosmers the darvishes the those guys um the Arietas, they'll sign like you said it might be halfway through spring training it might be towards the beginning of the season um that wouldn't surprise me but again these guys are asking for these big amount of money and and these big amount of years where now GMs are being smart and not just throwing money out left and right. They're saying, you know what? If you want that X amount of money per year, cool. We'll give it to you for three years, four years. Yeah. You know, maybe an option fifth. But we're not going to sit there and give it to you for seven years. And by the time the contract's out, you're, you know, 38, 39. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense for the long term. Um, you know, you have agents like Boris coming out saying that it's, you know, quote unquote, uh, the, the owners are colluding. You know, or using that word collusion floating yeah. around. There's even rumors of the, the, the players boycotting the first, you know, uh, spring training game as protest. But again, with the, the threshold being as high as it, uh, being as tight as it is, you know, the, the, it's kind of on the players to where if you want to hold out, great, but you can't expect, you know, them to bend over and give whatever you want just because you're player X or player uh, Y. I, I just think these these guys will probably sign one of you two year deals. I don't know about one-year deals only because next year's free agency market is going to be crazy with uh, Harper, Machado, uh, Bryant, um, and uh, Altuve coming up. Those are going to be your four main guys. So if any of these guys, these Darvishes, these Arietta sign one-year deals, they're going to be in the same situation as they are this year because next year those guys, those Machados and those Harpers, they're not going to be caught in a situation where they're not going to pay seven. They'll pay seven years because they are so young. Oh, yeah. So they're going to be caught in the same situation they are this year. So if they sign, it's probably going to be a two-year deal. Um, but I, I, I just don't see them. You know, Hosmer now, rumors are for Hosmer going back to the Kansas City. Um, you know, you Darvish was pointed out on Twitter, you know, what was it, two weeks ago, saying that he was going to make a decision soon, and that's still nothing yet. And 
I just think these these guys are just trying to hold on to any kind of leverage they have, and in reality, they really don't. Because now the thing that's valuable for uh, GMs in front offices isn't the guy hitting free agency when he's you know 31, 32 years old. Now yeah. it's this young talent prospect where you can come up, have him for six years. They can be cheap. Um, you know, I, I think that's the main that's the main thing these front offices want. And now these guys again, like Area Hosmer, Mustakis. Um, you uh, Darvish, these guys are kind of left out now that, that they're, you always knew there was going to be a correction to the market and now it seems like that's what's happening and these guys are the ones left out. It just makes sense. You're not going to sign a 32-year-old to a six-year deal unless, but they, they, unless you're the Angels. But they always, yeah, they would always do that though. Yeah. GMs always, so, so they expect it to happen again and now these right. GMs are, are realizing these are bad contracts and why are we going to keep on signing these bad contracts when at the back end of it we now we're, we're, we're you know, hamstrung so bad that we can't make these moves and be competitive. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a matter of time before these huge contracts for guys who are in their 30s ended. You know, now right. we're moving into the a new popped. era of baseball. Yeah, the bubble yeah. popped on it. It's yeah. a new era. It makes sense getting these young guys on bigger deals. You know, the Angels, the Angels, I think, were the first people to do that. Right. They signed yeah. Mike Trout. Yeah, if, right yeah the they bat. can turn around and invest in these guys yeah. that are up and coming. They can buy out their arbitration years. Yeah. And that's, by a lot of standards, a better... Uh, yeah investment in your future than exactly. the guys that are coming off you know maybe they are having great years but they're 31 32 yeah. years old and now what you what are they going to be at 38 yeah. it's just you know your jd martinez is i guess now yeah. saying that he's tired of kind of you know messing with with boston now he kind of wants to move on but Wrong. but he's a 30 something year old you know Who right one really good season right fielder that can barely play right field yeah. you know so now your your his value is down because he's not a reliant or you know he's the average to below average fielder great bat but how many people are going to want to you know in a couple of years he has to be a dh so now yeah, yeah all your nl teams are out of the running for the most part right so now these al teams know that like no we're not going to pay you you know this much money to be a dh in two years so yeah. I, it just i think it's going to take a while for the players to get used to it i think it will they eventually. will get used to yeah, it eventually. but um yeah i think the with all the free agency going on that it's going to be crazy in the middle of spring training you, you might have guys that are hoping for player X to get injured. Oh, I'll slide right in, and now they'll give me what I want kind of deal. Right. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, on the Angels' front, um, there was a few minor moves here at the, at the end. They signed a, a minor league pitcher. I think uh, Ian Kroll. Uh, I'm not sure who else they picked. They picked up uh, Emmanuel Burris today. Yes. An outfielder who used to play with uh, the Giants, I remember him. Uh, he was suspended uh, for uh, violating the uh, drug policy last season when he was a member of the uh, Nationals uh, minor league system. But I think these are minor moves. The Angels are just trying to add depth to they, the minor and, league system. Yeah, you know? and they came out with their uh, non-roster invitees to spring training. Yeah. And a couple of local guys, uh, 66ers guys are on the list, like Matt Dice, Tyler Ward, and then uh, Jemai. Jemai Jones. I mean, yep. if you want, uh, you guys did a great interview with him yep. last year. Go back in the archives. It's, it's probably still saved in there. Yeah, and, uh, check it out. Uh-huh. Um, but that was, that was a really good interview you did. Um, so, again, these young guys are coming up. And I think probably next podcast we'll probably dive into more of uh, the guys that are at spring training, the matchups to watch at spring mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. Um that can be our spring training uh, little preview, preview for spring training, and um, you know maybe by then someone signs, someone doesn't, but you know yeah, but that'll definitely be for our next uh, podcast for sure. All right, so I mean we're at almost the one hour mark, so uh, if there's anything else you want to uh, talk about, Dan, before we wrap this bad boy up, no, just a, a quick same thing. Uh, All Angels Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, questions, comments, uh, let us know. Um, 
got Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram. Give us a follow. Um, we'll post when we are doing a new podcast. Um, the poll questions when they come up. Um, you know, spring train is right around the corner, and that means the weekly podcast are mm-hmm. right around the corner as well. So um, we're looking for input on how to make this better and how you know what the fans want to hear. So you know, make sure you hit us up on one of those one of those platforms again. Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram, and the All Angels Podcast at Gmail dot com for any kind of a comment or question you have. That's right, and uh, you can find us on Google Play and on Apple Podcasts. That's the All Angels Podcast on Google Play and on Apple Podcasts. The People Podcast, the first and original Angels Podcast out there uh, in the. Uh, uh, podcast world so thank you guys for listening thank you guys for uh sending in your questions again uh david soto and let me double check i don't want to say the wrong person's name here david soto and rob lastings you guys are the winners of the bobbleheads the mike trot bobbleheads shoot us your information on allangelspodcast at gmail.com and we'll do our best to send them out to you uh, as soon as we can. I'm Johnny Maggs. I'm Dan Garcia. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Catch you guys later. no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. 
a performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 